Well, here we are, Julian, on the Gym Floor Jubilee Hall and looking at something this month which is actually uh, crucial to the work of people like yourself in environments just like these, which is personal training and getting into personal training as a career. Yes, Alain, it's true. It's, uh, I have to say, Jubilee Hall is... Uh, I've been in London now over 10 years and I did try to visit some of the gym uh, just to basically discover other places but you always come back to Jubilee it's just the the size of the building makes the space unique the history of the building made this gym unique too and uh, yeah here we go again and uh, it's just such a special place to work in you're a bit like a uh, homing uh, personal trainer always returning uh, to uh, the uh, gym here in Jubilee Hall. But uh, you've had a chance uh, this month to uh, talk to a young woman who is setting out as a personal trainer, Nicole Beddingfield, uh, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Because she is, as I understand it, 22. You're not. Uh, so there's a little bit of the experienced master, you, uh, and the young apprentice coming up the rails who has her own point of view on personal training. That's right. It was actually a very nice interview. Uh, Nicole seems to be smart and very sensible. And she, I think she didn't answer the question with, uh, I asked her, with uh, uh, a total honesty. And, uh, and I did learn something also during this interview. Uh, it's, it's nice to talk to people who actually start a job you did start uh, a, bit late, uh, a bit earlier. So, that's uh, what we're going to be looking at uh, this month, uh, personal training. Because the funny thing is, when we did our very first episode, uh, which was like uh, a million years ago, uh, that was very much about you, the experience of a personal trainer and his client. You were the personal trainer, your client spoke about the relationship. But this month we're going to be talking about personal training as a career and uh, as a body of work. Um, yes, it is, because uh, it's quite fascinating. I mean, you do, I never thought it could be a job uh, or a career. Uh, I, uh, I was aware in France that you could work uh, in a gym, uh, putting away the dumbbell, uh, doing some classes, uh, cleaning. It was part of the task, I thought, uh, of the job. But in London, it has taken to another level. And, uh, it's because of this the opportunity we all have to do our job in um, self-employed uh, status. And in that case, it kind of changed uh, dimension of, uh, of the job because the money really, really get bigger and bigger. And it's, uh, it's a fascinating job. And also, it's part of... It's uh, the evolution of our society, which become more and more sedentary. So it kind of makes sense, like you have more and more personal trainer to help people to be more active. So of course we're not uh, sedentary, are we? We're quite uh, active uh, gym guys in our own little way. Yes, that's true. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So in a non-sedentary way, let us get this podcast started. 
So welcome ladies and gentlemen in fitness land to Two Guys on Fitness with me, your personal trainer host, Julien Bertorin, professional gym guy and fitness professional. And with me, Alan Teresa, just another regular Joe on the gym floor who likes to keep fit and eat as best he can. Anyway, we are coming to you live from Jubilee Hall Gym in Covent Garden, London, England, where each month we cover the health, workout and dietary topics of interest to guys just like him and to him and possibly to you too dear dear listeners so um i think we've already touched upon what we're going to be doing this month uh julian we're going to be getting inside your body of experience as a personal trainer and uh the viewpoint of a young woman nicole beddingfield who is hopefully starting out as her own personal trainer that's right let's do it Now, for those of you who have not actually stepped foot into a gym, uh, what you usually encounter on the gym floor at places just like this one here at Jubilee Hall is a bevy of personal trainers, just like my good friend here, Julian Bertharat, who work with clients to help them get fitter. How many personal trainers work here, Julian, and what do they do? I think we are now 16 personal trainers. Wow, that is quite a lot. 16? It is a lot, yeah. It is. Um, well, most of the time, a personal trainer, a freelance, then uh, come essentially for their clients. So, um, or they exercise themselves, obviously. Uh, sometimes it's good to show that how you train yourself, your technique, your specificity. Sometimes you can uh, also sit in a cafe and uh, wait for people to sometimes ask questions, you know, like about the gym, uh, free advice, stuff like that. So basically, that's what uh, a personal trainer do. So you've uh, been speaking to Nicole uh, Beddingfield, who is uh, 22, I believe, and starting out on the oh-so-long road of becoming a personal trainer, and perhaps also sharing some of your experience on that road. So should we have a listen to what Nicole had to say? Oh, yes, please. It's a, it was a, a nice uh, experience to ask Nicole what was her background and basically why she thought about being trainers and training people. It's uh, quite interesting, you know, and I think it's very valuable for all the ladies and men out there who might think uh, after school starting training people. Wonderful. And um, we used to say whatever your gender, we don't do that anymore, do we? Not anymore. It's you need sex. <laughs> It is, it is indeed unisex. That's a funny old word. We haven't heard that one for a while. Uh, it is indeed unisex. So let's play that interview and see what you and Nicole had to say. Hi, guys. I'm with Nicole, AIGBLOL. And Nicole just started like a few weeks ago. So how are you, Nicole? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I, uh, I started at GBLOL myself like when I was 27, 28. I'm now on my 40. Uh, how old are you, Nico? I'm 22. 22. Well, what makes you decide to become a trainer? Um, I love giving back to people. I love training myself. So seeing other people progress and achieve things that they really want to achieve and the fact that I help them makes me really happy. So, yeah. 
So for our listeners, tell, tell us more about your background. Where do you come from? Fitness background. Um, I'm more of a dancer. So originally I started dancing when I was three years old. Um, I went to uni in London. That's why I moved down to London. I'm originally from Yorkshire. And I decided it just wasn't the career path for me, but I love being in the gym every day. Um, and I just, it just kind of clicked at one point and I was like, actually, do you know what? I love to train and I'd love to train others. So that's where it, how it all led on. Yeah, it's a, a lot of job you can do in London, I guess, like uh, you can work in catering, uh, stuff like that. I did uh, a little bit. It's, uh, but the gym, yeah, it's kind of uh, one of these new job, trendy job, let's say. Yeah. yeah, very, very trendy. A lot of people are definitely taking on this job nowadays. A lot more people are working personal trainers and working gyms. Yeah, very popular job. So now when you do personal training, there is two basically uh, ways to do it. You are either working for a gym, like a a fitness instructor, Mm -hmm. or you can become freelance and working for yourself and paying your rent. What is your target for the the near future or longer future? Um, I want to become a freelance personal trainer. I'd love to... I still, I'm working towards my level three. I've done my level two fitness instructor qualification. I'm working towards becoming a personal trainer at the moment. Um, and hopefully in the future, once I have achieved that, I will become freelance and have my own clients and start training more people. Yeah, I can, I can, it's really a good job. It's uh, financially wise, lifestyle wise. If you can reach a certain level in terms of a client basis, yeah. it's really a life-changing job. You know, obviously I'm saying that after doing personal trainer for 10 years, but what is your yeah, specialty type of training? Are you all-around trainer, power lifter trainer? Um, I like to focus more on weights um, because I believe resistance training, it does have a, a lot of benefits for everyone. Um, but I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'd go down a specific route. I like to mix it up a little bit. I like to do a lot of body weight exercises. I, I'm interested in yoga because I did a lot of Pilates when I was training and dancing as well. And I know that has a really good effect on the body and stability and everything. Um, so I, I don't know, I think I'm still trying to find my, my true roots. But at the moment, I'm just a bit everywhere, really. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a very sensible answer. You know, when you start, you, you know, you, you're 22, you know, so you let's have a look, you know, discover things. You might discover you don't like certain things. You might love other things. I think it's a very, um, well, actually, it's one of the most uh, sensible answers I heard for a while in fitness, where people tend to be a little bit extreme sometimes. But, you, you know, it's good. It's good on you to find out more. It's a, it's a very interesting job so good luck to you um thank you (laughs) pleasure and we yeah if you want to know more about nicole uh come to jubilee hall and she's uh proposing uh, some classes as well apps class and to to have seen some of them you're quite uh focused on your on your client and it's uh it's nice to see you emerging let's say thank you so have a good day and uh, all the best to you thank you very much you too So that's uh, Nicole Beddingfield there talking uh, with our good friend Julian Bertharat, the uh, personal uh, training honcho here uh, at Jubilee Hall Gym. And I'm sure the other personal trainers would love to hear you described in that way. But let me ask you a couple of questions, Julian, as a personal trainer in terms of personal training as a career, right? From your experience, what do you think is the ideal age to become or rather to start out 
as a personal trainer? Well, I'm gonna kick off. Uh, I'm gonna kick out on this one. I think my answer will be quite um, uh, not helping people. I think it's it all depends what is your perception of this job. So, and from that point of view, you can have a very dis- uh, different perception when you are 22, 30, 40. Um, I would say. It's you can if you start earlier in your 20s, it might be a good experience to uh, take the pulse of the job and see what it is to work in the fitness industry at different level. As I said, there are many positions you can uh, work on when you are in a, in a gym. You could be manager, receptionist, you could be a fitness instructor, you could be a class teacher, you could be a freelance. So there is kind of a few opportunities there, and obviously we all have different skills. So I think at the beginning, the earlier you start, the more time you have to experiment and fail. Don't forget, fail is part of the uh, of the process. Um, for me, it did work well to work in my late 20s. I had some life experience. I did different job. I was living in France and to move to London and to restart, to reborn, it was uh, a good time for me. And why did you uh, start out uh, and decide to become a personal trainer in the first place? Well, uh, no magic here. It was a pure coincidence. Um, so basically I was training as a simple member uh, at Jubilee Hall and a few guys randomly over weeks uh, start asking me if I was a personal trainer and obviously after uh, probably after the fourth or fifth time uh, people ask me that I finally consider like yeah maybe I should be a personal trainer and it's it's it all start really so a bit of coincidence really so you didn't start out with a, a big master plan you didn't wake up one day and think you know what I could do this whole personal training thing no that's true and that's why I'm uh, I'm uh, always uh, listening to people who want to do this job how it starts because you know for me I don't think it's a natural um, a natural job to do for example you know you, you there's plenty of job you can do working in catering working in a bank working I don't know in a policeman why not or army stuff like that plenty of other jobs you can do but gym is yeah, it was not my first love, and uh, I think it's important to say it because it kind of gives you some um, um, uh, skill when it comes to train people who, like you, do not have these fitness things naturally in their body. And uh, so you kind of understand them, and you can bring a better uh, um, type of workout for them, you know. And what's your advice for uh, people such as uh, Nicole who may be in their early 20s or right at the start of their career based upon your experience about how best to get started as a personal trainer? Well, it's a very uh, wide question here. I, I, uh, it's one thing to, to call yourself an expert on fitness so it, it actually did work well for me over the last 10 years. Now, for other people, it might be a different story, depend of so many parameters. I had uh, good timing here, so you know I'm aware of that. So now, uh, advice will be like, well, experiment, talk to people, because you know training itself, it's it's one thing, but you need to be willing to to uh, to be happy to share whatever you know, even if it's a little. Well, share it with passion, and uh, I think that will be a good thing. It's it's a job where you're going to meet a lot of people, so you better be at ease 
uh, and relax when you're gonna talk to people and don't over talk to them just listen to them and uh, and share and listen and share again and uh that will be a good start and obviously train yourself because it's you know you can't it's like talking food all the time without t- tasting it you need to train you know train yourself then you can talk a bit more about training and presumably you have to enjoy the exercise you have to enjoy working out i mean that has to be central to it doesn't it because essentially you're going to be in most instances self-employed so you have to be motivated by a love of exercise or do you think that's less important against knowledge and skill well i don't know i struggle to i've been working 10 12 years and i i observe around and i it's really hard to evaluate like a knowledge you know what is a knowledge what is uh, having results with client it's very uh, it's very it's trend it's a fine line you know uh, i see people having a trainer and six seven eight years later still doing a squat or pull down in a poor form so you know it's what is knowledge about i mean i don't it's, it's a very it will be very pretentious to bring uh, an exact answer here but one thing is sure it's um Uh, for my side, I think it's very important to share uh, something I have in, in sport. It's you need to be energetic and enthusiastic when you do it. You know, we're talking about body, we're talking about training. If you're not willing to do it, you're going to waste your time, you know. So that's one thing important, be enthusiastic. Absolutely. Enthusiasm is uh, such a huge uh, part of any kind of success, I always think. And um, personal training is a bit, or rather personal training is a big thing now. It's a very popular thing for young guys and young women to uh, pick up and try to make work as a career. Why do you think that is? Well, it's... Uh Yeah, well, uh, I won't be, I'm not surprised because of the expansion of the social media, you know, people are craving for more likes, for more exposure, and obviously, uh, one of the easy uh, exposure is your body, you expose yourself, you know, uh, look at the impact of Kim Kardashian on, uh, on young teenagers nowadays, it's, it's, I would say it's, um, It, uh, it's scary, you know, when you when you see the impact and the influence you have on so many girls and uh, and people over the world. Just like if you look at it closely, uh, showing a bomb basically. So that's uh, it is like people are responding to that, and also I think like from that point of view, when you're a personal trainer, I over the year increasingly I. I found like there is a, a pedagogic aspect of the job. You know, you have to, you know, like when you're in school, uh, help uh, the student or your client, you know, all the way to uh, clear up their mind about what is the body, what is the training about, you know, and you have to bring back the fact that training is about getting healthier, buying time, living longer, you know. I know it's not the most trendy things to say, but it is the point you know and you have to repeat that because obviously you know if you look at uh, on the social media nowadays it's a lot of you know me 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 uh generation and um yeah so it's a good job to actually deliver a message and fight for a cause like this one indeed now let me ask you um a couple of uh business and economic questions because i would imagine if you're starting out you really need to understand the business and uh, financial dimension How do you get clients as a personal trainer? Well, it is, um, believe it or not, over 12 years, I did never ask anyone to train with me. 
and we could say that uh, no I'm very proud of um, it's a real satisfaction like I never had to ask anyone to train with me so I guess I was lucky sometime I was just be there really like somebody was looking for a trainer and I was here so you know it's sometimes as um, simple or random like that so you here um, also through uh, websites uh, social media promotion you it's another way to communicate to people to explain your philosophy through your picture you know are you smiling on a picture or not are you wearing something on the picture or not all that is a way to communicate to people and I think uh, yeah it's one big satisfaction I had over the last 12 years never ask people to train uh, it's more the people coming to me and I think it's due to social media or message it's word of mouth, isn't it? The most powerful marketing tool known to a man or woman, uh, you know, as most people know, I think, is about building your reputation. Uh, completely. And it takes time to set up that. And when it's set up, it's like a snowball effect. It, and it goes both ways. When you have bad reputation, it's, it's completely impossible to reverse that. And I would say if to all the trainers who are not successful, it's not a big deal. Just go to another place to basically restart fresh but it's very hard to be unsuccessful and successful in the same place. I don't think it's possible. You know, you need to restart. And I experienced uh, that feeling in France when things were not going well for me. And when you moved to London, I, I became another person. So obviously you don't have to leave your country to go to another country. But I think it's, uh, it's worth it to have a big thought about it. And finally, uh, on this uh, topic, uh, I just want to ask about the economics. Um, what is the uh, key principle financially, if there is one, about personal training? Uh, well, they, um, as we, as I was asking on Nicole on a, on an interview, I think there is two in that job. And when you work in a, as a personal trainer, there is two clear uh, position. Uh, the first position is you work as a fitness instructor, so you work um, for a gym. Uh, the client is, is going to pay the gym to get you. You are not able to fix your own price. So that's the negative part. So you, generally you, have a, you get paid with a low, uh, low rate. However, you learn the job, you start to build up a network, you know, and that's important. And also you, you learn quickly if you are good at uh, uh, spending time with people because it's about that you know the way you deal with someone within an hour or 45 minutes are we able to engage with them uh, uh, create a dynamic and make basically uh, getting some results with them and also more importantly keeping them in your in your network um, so that's one part or you can work as a freelance and it's a different story because you are not protected by the gym anymore. You have to pay rent most of the time in London. Your hourly rate will be significantly uh, higher, that's true. Uh, again, if the client is willing to pay you for that. And the price market in London Central will be, I would say, 30 to 70 pounds. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it could be a very good job, but I would say there's many conditions to, to be a successful trainer, and one of them, a freelance trainer, one of them is to be flexible. It's been 10 years I work Monday to Sunday. I've got some boundaries, for example, I don't work Sunday uh, afternoon after two, I don't work Saturday evening. 
but most of the time I'm in all year. You know, I take my holiday, you know, I make money, so I, t I take my holiday over seven, eight weeks a year, so fairly good. And, uh, but I do not count my hour, and I'm flexible with my cancellation. Um, I can move people around. I'm here, it's my one full-time job, so, and I like it, so, you know, I'm all over the place. Well, there you go. Julian Bertharat, he's all over the place. Uh, something which I may have said uh, in the past in a kind of uh, joking manner. But uh, it's true. So that's your uh, 180-degree view on personal training, thanks to uh, Julian and Nicole. And something tells me we may actually be returning to the uh, subject of personal training uh, in the future. And before we uh, move on to the oh-so-important sponsor message, anything else you want to add, Julian? You know, when you do personal training, it reminds me of uh, a singular experience of uh, a chat I have with uh, a counselor when I was a student. And it was that moment where I was doing, um, following the general circuit, you know, when you... And then I move on to a professional circuit. And um, so basically, it's a way you, after the bachelor, it's, they kind of end up quickly your, you, you get ready to work, you know. You don't go on and on to learn and learn. And the teacher, one of the counselor teacher, uh, told me like, if you choose to do that, Julien, just don't forget, uh, because you keep, you leave the general circuit, you need to be in the top three of the class. You know, you need to work extra harder to make your way through. And here's a parallel I make with the personal training. If you become to be freelance, you will no longer belong to the general circuit, you know, the generic normal job you have in London. You will belong to this kind of very professional uh, uh, job. It means you have to do extra hours, you have to work extra hard because you don't want to be personal trainer number seven in the gym. You want to be in the top three. It's a job that may, can possibly change your life. And it's exactly the same with the plumbers and kind of things is, there's a lot of plumbers in London, but only few of them are making a very good living out of it. So keep that in mind. If you become freelance, no less than top three. So you have to be a competitive professional and always trying to improve yourself, that's what you're saying? Yeah, otherwise this job become a nightmare, properly a nightmare, because you're struggling to make a living out of it and you're also scared to live this kind of easy life because it's true, you can live in working only, you can survive in working only 15 hours a week. Can you imagine in the job where you work 15 hours? You won't be, in, even in London, you will be back home, you know? Indeed, indeed. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 180 degrees on personal training. Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 0207 836 4007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. And guess what it's time for now? A protein shake? No, not a protein shake. 
a nice juicy apple like in last month's episode oh the apples episode it's sort of haunting me no it's not a uh, nice uh, juicy apple though having said that you can also of course listeners listen to that wonderful informative and entertaining episode via the website or our uh, podcast channels no this month it's now time for julian's fitness tip of the month So what have you got up uh, your personal training sleeve for us this month on the podcast, Julian? Have you ever get bored of using dumbbells, barbells and other accessories in the gym? Oh yeah, every time I go to be uh, completely honest with you. So if so, have you ever heard about boxes? You know, this kind of, uh, you can see in every gym nowadays, a box on the, on the gym floor. So the two, this fitness tip of the month is about how to use a box. And you got like so many exercises you can do with it. And I'm gonna give you three of them. Uh, there is a jumping on a box, you know, very simple jumping on a box, forward jump. And then you mix it with a step up on a box. So you step on a box and then you do press up on that box and you repeat. Uh, these three exercises back to back for three sets of 20 reps, for example. And then you stop and you carry on with a split squat. So your ankle will be on the box and you do a kind of lunges, but they call that split squat. Okay, one leg is on the box and you go down at the lunges. Okay, and then you do dips on a box, you know, as a second exercise. And, uh, and that's it. So you've got five exercises to do on that one box. Uh, I don't know if you can call that a whole workout, but we can certainly call that a start or a good workout, you know. It should you take you 10 minutes to do all that, three sets of 10 or 15 reps if you feel it, for each exercise and obviously no break in between. But what is the uh, benefits of using a box when you work out and do those kind of exercises? Well. It's, uh, so here we have to come back to some uh, of few principles of, uh, of training. I would say that most of the time when you walk, don't forget like when you walk out with dumbbell, barbell, even cable, you kind of shorter your muscle. But it's a fact, you know, it doesn't matter how much you put, doesn't matter if the technique or form is right. It's not about that. When you work out, you do make your body a little bit rigid and you shorter the muscle. So when you have a box, when you jump on a box, it's a very good way to extend, to uh, bring some elasticity uh, skill to your muscle. And I have to say, there is not a week pass by without me jumping on a box. I think it's very good. It upraises your cardio, your stamina. And uh, yeah, it's always part of my workout. And I think everybody, everybody should try to give it a go, you know. It's just like spice up your training, pace up your training whatever you use as uh, you want to use as a word, but it's uh, quite of interesting. And uh, yeah, and you've got many things to do on, on a box. So and it, also you don't take too much space. You are in a box, you're in a corner over there. You don't bother anyone, you do your thing. You know, that's another aspect as well I like, so. Have you ever jumped on a box, Alan? I have. Uh, it has been known to happen. I quite uh, enjoy it. I like the explosive element to it and the challenge. So yeah, it's, it is a good thing. And for everybody listening, that was the uh, Box King, Julian Bertharat, with uh, this month's... Julian's Fitness Tip of the Month. And don't we sell in like, think out of the box? Oh, you see, Julian Bertharat, the king of the puns. 
So each month we choose two questions sent in to us by you, the listeners, through either our website or our social media. And we do our best to answer those questions. That we do, Julian Bertherat, box jumping, Marvel. So let's begin this month with, uh, let's have a little uh, look at what I've got here. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, Jason, let's start with Jason, who's got in touch through the two guys on fitness website. Twoguysonfitness.com To ask us thus, quote, my name is Jason. Uh, unquote, hi Jason. Uh, and to continue the question, quote, and I am 32, I live in London, and I play football and tennis. I also run and work out in the gym regularly. My question is for Julian. Oh, Jason, 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 Jason. The questions are always for Julian. One day I live in hope that someone will send in a question for me. Anyway, Jason says, uh, how has your body changed since you started working out regularly? And how long did it take to change from what it was to what it is now? Okay, Koki. Uh, so, how how did how has your body form, uh, as uh, we like to say uh, in this uh, general arena? How did your form change from when you started to what it is now? I think I the form. I mean, there is an impact, obviously, and uh, so for I would say the first my early years in the gym when you're younger you tend to lift uh, heavier weights so you become bigger okay uh, the matter of becoming bigger and fatter depends on your diet or the way you eat but I would say you become bigger obviously your body is changing it's part you are on your Uh, when you are in your 20s, it's very easy to put on weight, uh, muscularly speaking. And um, so, yeah. And then I tend to change my approach because I realized I was becoming heavier. It's not an aesthetic uh, thing. I was just like slower in my move when I was playing rugby, playing tennis actually as well. And it made me realize I need to bring more pace in my workout. So I start to maintain the weight and not keeping increasing the weight. And I uh, increase the intensity of my workout. And uh, I, uh, I'm talking about it in my fitness step of the month. I, uh, I start to add exercise like jumping in a box. I run systematically by my training. I we run in the middle sometimes for shorter distance, but faster. And I, I think it's a real impact, obviously, in your body when you really paced up and inter- put more intensity into your workout, you get toned. So um, uh, I think my body changed, my body changed over the year, and it's um, especially when it starts uh, being more consistent, because that's another thing. When I when over, I would say give it six months to have a proper change. You know, six months. You know, two, three times a week, regular. You know, don't skip the session. Do it again. Six months, you get. I, I start seeing big change. And also recently, to talk a bit something about more recent, uh, it's been like uh, three, four months. I'm adding a couple of leg exercises systematically more. And yeah, and the result is yeah, I've got like uh, a bigger bone. That's true. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of people uh, mentioned it recently, and I I do feel it as well. So if you want something, uh, think about it and do it really. Uh, yes, uh, you've kind of thrown me with your uh, your big uh, uh, 
bun uh, line there. Um, okay, so you're saying you can uh, uh, see measurable change if you're disciplined and you do the right things over six months. Is that correct? Yeah, six months. It's uh, it takes 21 days on uh, to create a new habit, and I'm talking about any sort of habit, gym, uh, alcohol, whatever habit. 21, but to have this habit consistently in praying in your life it takes six months so we're talking with statistics studies have been mad about it but yeah six months is quite a long time to stick to something and especially when you come to gym and uh, but yeah it takes six six months a year i would say to have a clear change in your body metabolism coolio well i hope that's helpful for you uh, jason and uh, that gives you a better impression in your mind of the changes uh, that happened to our friend here. I think we've got some photographs somewhere, actually, of you as a, a, a young pup starting out in your career, Julian, which I think we might post on the social media to show how you have changed from when you started to uh, today. And I can assure you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening out there in podcast land, he has indeed got bigger. Okay, so uh, now we're going to move on to the next question, Julian. Uh, over to you. And now we have a question from Liza101 from York, who has sent us a Twitter DM to ask, what is the most overrated exercise that people do in the gym? And what is the most underrated? I'm in my 20s, lifting more free weights than I used to and don't want to bulk up. I want to get fit. I want to get fit as well, Lisa101, and hopefully one day I will get there, uh, maybe in six months' time. So tell us, Julian Berthorat, personal trainer and uh, rugby playing superstar, which exercises are over and which exercises are underrated that people do in the gym? Well, I might get some... um uh, fight back on this one but there is two exercises coming up uh, to my mind about that uh, I would say two exercises overrated are, two, are the deadlift and the bench press uh, barbell I think people tend to do it no matter what in every occasion at any moment and so to talk about the deadlift Okay, first of all, it's a very, and probably the most complete exercise you might, you might find on the gym floor. However, it's also very tiring, you know, to load and unload the barbell. And uh, I did it with a friend like uh, a few months ago. You know what, it's like when you move flat, you feel tired, overtired. And for what? Just to do that. I think there's many ways to do, uh, you can, tar- the idea when you train is to use to target every muscle in your body, you know, so why do it? It's like if you want to eat your breakfast, your lunch, and your and your dinner in one go. Why would you to do that? You know, you, you there is a time to eat your breakfast, there is a time to... So the deadlift is not the magical answer to everything. From my experience, most of the people struggle with the motivation, come to the gym, why training? And deadlift, it's not like a magic word like deadlift, you know. So I would say it's, sure, it's a, one of the big overrated exercise. And the other one is the bench press with the barbell. We all have big imbalance in our shoulders. And I see many, many people doing a, dead, uh, a bench press barbell with uh, too much weight in a bad form. When you say too much weight, typically what do you mean? Because this is one of those things which that can mean different things for different people. So what would you say typically is too much weight? Well, the back, the lower back is over arch. 
the barbell is not symmetrically straight, so you you tend to push more with your left than your right. It's basically when it's too much weight, it means that you can't perform the exercise with the correct posture. You know, it's okay when you happen on the last one or two reps, but it's not really uh, it's not really a good sign when you struggle from the beginning. And also, again, I changed my mind about it because I, I was one of these guys when I started the gym. I will always do a bench press barbell for my chest. You know what? The last time I did a bench press barbell is maybe two years ago, I recall. I might do it again maybe in the future. I don't know. And you know what? I did My chest did not decrease or get smaller. So, you know, it's one of these myths like the deadlift. It's, you do not have to do exercise. Um, uh, you do, you do not have to follow the same program all over, forever again. But is there, I know it's relative, but is there too much weight for an average guy to lift when they're on the bench? Is there like a point where you say, people shouldn't lift above this uh, amount, this kind of weight, because it's just not good for you? Yeah, it's uh, also, I mean, let's be honest on this one, it's, um, you know, at least the deadlift is quite technical, so you know that's require a bit of uh, uh, knowledge on this one. But the bench press, like every male uh, gym goer, when you go to a bench press, best is most of the time fairly in the middle of the gym. You know, you are under pressure. The other people watch you. Imagine the impact of someone when the guy before you lift put so much weight on the new coming and you feel like oh god I need to match up with this guy or the one people are think I'm gonna be skinny. I think it's a real thing here as well. You know I experiment that in the past. I keep experimenting that and watching that, witnessing that on um, on the gym floor nowadays. You know the bench press it's just like an ego thing, you know, there's many, many other ways to work out your stress without putting yourself under uh, and it's very pressure, really. Uh, yes, indeed, uh, peer pressure. So it sounds like there isn't uh, a specific amount of weight that's a problem. It's basically relative to what uh, people can lift safely and individually. Okay, so, uh, Lisa, I hope that's uh, helpful for you. And also, you uh, heard something that was useful as well, Jason. Um, and if you do want to ask a question, listeners, drop us a line through our website or a direct message through our social media. And we love hearing from you. Which we absolutely and uh, totally do, listeners. So get in touch. So... How do you feel after listening to Nicole's interview? Well, you know what? Uh, It's quite interesting because it would be easy at this point for me to say, oh, you know, uh, she's a woman, you're a man, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Particularly as we did our first interview with a a woman who uh, loves coming to the gym not so long ago with Ngozi. And if you uh, are interested, listeners, you should check that out as well, because that's a really interesting interview. But um, I was more interested in the difference between your perspectives because of your age, to be honest with you. Yeah, I um, I agree. I did enjoy uh, listening to her. It's, you know, I've been 20-ish, 20 years ago, basically. And uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's good to ask people what their perception of things at different stages of their life, because you do learn uh, different things. What I did like uh, a lot in, uh, in the answer is this... Um, 
this phrase she says that she doesn't know what she what is her specialty you know i think it's absolutely normal and it's uh, it's a great answer it's uh, i don't know you know when i was 20 i had no idea what i wanted to do in life i was playing rugby i knew i enjoyed rugby i wanted to keep playing rugby with my fan but beyond that you know i was you know i didn't have any really uh, Uh, targets, you know. So it's good to hear that other people are. I won't say. I, I think we would be wrong to say struggling, but just like in uh, in the blur, you know. You, I think we we have to live our life first, and uh, answer will come your way. I think. Yes, indeed. Uh, the journey of life, as they uh, like to say, is a wonderful thing. So there you are. We hope you've enjoyed uh, dropping in on our little personal training uh, gym world here, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, you can always listen to the podcast uh, every month on Spotify, iTunes, Podomatic, TuneIn, Stitcher and Pocket Cast. Whatever your gender or if you prefer unisex. I like that. Unisex, I like that. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Plus, you can also find out about the podcast on Two Guys On fitness.com as well as on his site julienbetard.com and when you do remember to enjoy your workout